0: Welcome to That South African It's what's giving us the ability to have a discussion right now It's probably the basis of this entire podcast However, it's also what can inspire acts of terror and what can spread hate Yes, we're talking about freedom of speech and it's a discussion that's been well explored The narrative surrounding it is perhaps one of the most well-trod-upon in South Africa and perhaps the rest of the world as well. Of course, when something is very well explored, the debate surrounding it becomes highly polarized. On one camp, we have people saying that we should limit freedom of speech. On the other camp, we have people who claim that to limit freedom of speech is in itself paradoxical. And that people who criticize freedom of speech and say they must limit it are being hypocritical. Why criticize something and limit something that gives you the ability to criticize in the first place? Will we end up being a completely censored country? Snowflakes is one of the most famous expressions using this terms. Are we being too sensitive? Today we're going to be going to be discussing the issues surrounding this argument the way that we can limit freedom of speech if it's hateful and if it's used in the incorrect way, the legality surrounding it at a very basic level, you know, constitutionally speaking, and what the effects of unrestrained free speech are. Give it the listen. Let's start with a few clarifications while under chapter 2 freedom of expression is protected and everyone has the right to freedom of expression it's immediately stated in clause 2 in subsection 2 that subsection 1 does not extend to propaganda for war incitement of imminent violence or advocacy of hatred that is based on race ethnicity gender or religion and constitutes excitement to cause harm. In other words, freedom of expression, which will be referred to as freedom of speech in this podcast, is limited. That's a fact in the constitution. And of course the reason for this is because of where South Africa came from. We were born out of a regime, democratic South Africa, that used hatred to fuel oppression. Of course that would be a So we in South Africa know pretty well where ugly rhetoric can get us, that was the basis of a party. that's how it grew, that's how it prospered for a bit, and of course, ultimately that was its downfall. So, now that we've clarified that freedom of speech is limited, when is it right to limit this freedom of, to limit this, this right? And of course, the Constitution already provides for that, states that if it's incitement for harm, if it's. and if it's advocacy of hatred that is based on race, ethnicity, gender, or religion. But of course, in actual legal practice, things get a bit murkier is subtle racism that's perhaps not blatantly explicit in hatred but nonetheless constitutes as intent part of this can this be banned well the answer is likely no we've seen this in court cases throughout south africa in which while there may have been intent to advocate for hatred for and incitement of offender violence, although this is a misunderstanding area, it's generally not prosecuted due to it being a bit more against less hatred than his offensive. However, when it is blatant, we've seen in the case of Penny Sparrow or Vicky Momba, who use derogatory words and terms. This can be attacked. We've seen it more recently with BLF who are at the moment in court and may not be able to run for the election although the court case has appeared quite late and as you know court cases do take some time. So it does have to be blatant. But who decides what's blatant or what's not? Of course this is a rebuttal to this who decides if something is hatred rather than offensive, can this not be used as a tool of censorship? Could you not say that, for example, distribution of land to black people, because white people are privileged enough to have that, could that not be hatred? Could it also not not be used as a political tool? Used to silence critics? The answer, in my opinion, is no. I said it has to be extremely blatant and there are very few cases in which the courts will be prepared to censor something that is not blatantly hatred. Penny Sparrow, Vicky Momberg, possibly the BLF will all be prosecuted on the basis that it is extremely obvious. You do not have to be very intelligent to know that the k-word is extremely dangerous and when you use it are advocating hatred clearly it's a well-known fact so it will be limited to this if there is limitation of this right and of course you must remember while every right can be limited this can always be challenged under section 36 still in chapter 2 you have to take into account that the limitation is reasonable and justifiable and open democratic society based on human dignity equality and freedom in other words it still has to be an open society you can't ever close down our society you can't censor it entirely because this is not provided for and no other law entrenched in the right, except in this section 36 and with this in mind can be even in a state of emergency, there is a the table of non derogable rights in which an open society is still guaranteed. So now that we've clarified that freedom of speech can be limited and how it can be limited, why should we limit it? Assalamu alaikum brother. Peace be upon you, brother. The last words of the first victim of the Christchurch shooting in New Zealand. This was said with his hands out. In a cup facing the shooting. In other words, it was a gesture of peace. The shooter, the shooter's intent was to dehumanize Muslim people and attack them based on the idea that Muslims are violent and ugly and should be taken and should be deserved to be shot. Of course, the last words of the first victim proved completely otherwise. In his attempts to destroy the community dehumanize the victims all he did was prove the love and care that individuals of muslim faith have and even the entire community who still suffer from the repercussions of that shooting and still suffer with the consequences but what is this what does any of this have to do with freedom of speech The shooter was inspired by rhetoric. Most actions have preeminent rhetoric. He felt comforted by the fact that rhetoric such as Kino Muslim Day in Europe, and of course Trump's and, and of course, Trump's Muslim ban in America, are accepted and normalized in society. So he's step up to violence is nothing more than that. A step up from what's normalized in society. This shooting, and many other mass shootings in the world, are indicative of where uncontrolled rhetoric can go, where uncontrolled freedom of speech can go, where rhetoric should be limited. of course in South Africa we also have a very similar example to this although not as recent it's certainly one of the most remembered examples and it's apartheid now when we think of that of course we think of the official legislation in, in the 1950s but the build up to that was also retro if it were not for normalization of the notion that people of color are inferior that system could have never taken place. We know that free, completely uncontrolled freedom of speech can lead to violence. It normalizes hatred. And while some may say society does have mechanisms to deal with this, if we do not attack blatant racism and attack, it does become normalized there will always be some individuals who will be able to group together and feel in control they will of course have a group mentality even if the world is against them at least they can say these things without repercussions this is the consequence these are the consequences of completely unlimited freedom of speech It results in a broken society Judging from where South Africa has come, I don't believe this is where we want to go back to. Thank you for listening to that brief talk on freedom of speech. We hope for your comments. Tweet us at ThatAfricanPod or send us an email at thatsouthafrican@gmail.com. at gmail.com Thank you for listening. We hope to talk more about this at a later stage. Listening to that South African. Now we are a small team, so we can only publish so many episodes, and that of course results in our erratic publishing schedule. And with that in mind, we have come up with a new regular schedule that will hopefully help us churn out more episodes to, to help you keep informed. On Mondays, and of course, you'll be notified when the discussions will be on prior episodes, we will have discussions. On Tuesdays or Thursdays will be the South African Daily and Wednesdays and Fridays will be regular That South African Talks. Our new schedule will hopefully take place next week and we hope you stay with us.